one of the things that I really enjoy is uh, Flipping River. I don't do it nearly as often as I would like to, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's floating a, a section of one of our beautiful rivers. Now, I was thinking about how a river can be, a river is actually a lot like life. There's a lot of variety in a river. Um, you have sections that are relaxed, slow, that they're gentle, I guess is a good description for it. And uh, you've got time to just take in the beauty and enjoy it. Then there are sections that are faster, like rapids. Have any of you been through whitewater rapids? Okay, some of you have. <clears throat> it's an interesting experience. Rapids are intense. Um, you know when you're approaching them before you get there, you can hear it. You hear that roar in the distance, and it builds and builds, and it can, uh, it can even cause a little dread. Like, oh boy, did I take on more than I thought? As you get there, I actually like to take out before I get pull up on on shore and walk ahead to check it out. If I think it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty serious rapids, I want to kind of check it out and see where I'm going to go. In rapids, you you have to make quick decisions on things that you didn't anticipate. Probably. I think running rapids is uh, a lot like. Being middle-aged, <laughs> being middle-aged, you uh, it can get pretty intense. You feel pulled in a lot of directions, and you have to make a lot of decisions quickly sometimes. Whether you're in a smooth section of the river of life or in a in a rough section, it's important where my confidence is. What am I counting on? What am I really trusting in? And been thinking about that. That's important no matter what section you're in. We become more aware of that when things are intense. But I think it's so important that we're cultivating that in the in the slower parts of the river as well. What I want to do this morning is simply share with you some verses that encourage my heart in the rapids. In, when things are coming at you fast, um, <clears throat> and so I'm simply going to look at a, a number of short sections of scripture. I'm not going to go into a lot of that, just going to read some of these verses and, and have some, a few comments with them. But these are verses that I find the interesting thing with growing older is you, you I'm 50, um, 52 this month. It's so hard to believe, but um, as you grow older, you you, look, you have more to look back on. You go, boy, you know, I, I dealt with this before. And the same thing seems to come up again. They say, well, God, you know, I remember when in this situation, in this situation, you kept bringing this verse to my mind. And as was mentioned here earlier this morning, that was what I needed at that time. I'm amazed at how, how often the Holy Spirit does that. Brings a verse to your mind. Well, these are some of the verses that keep coming 
back to me. And I find myself turning there. Sometimes I can't remember where they are. And I remember part of the verse, and then I'll go looking and say, oh yeah, others, it'll come to my mind, and I say, oh yeah, that's whatever. But I'm starting off in uh, Psalm 62, and that's the short psalm. I'm just going to read the all 12 verses. <clears throat> psalm 62 is about waiting on God. It's a, a psalm of confidence in God. Take note as we read this just what David says about God and who God is to him. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Pause just a second. In verses 3 and 4, David then addresses those who are attacking him. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning, tottering, like a leaning wall on a tottering fence. They only consult the casting down from this high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul, wait expectantly. I'm sorry. Wait silently for God alone. My expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Surely men are of low degree are a vapor, and men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy. For you render to each one according to his work. There's a couple comments you notice. Verses 1 and 2, and then again in 5 and 6, 5, 6, and 7, David is reminding himself who God is and where he's where his confidence is, who he's waiting on. And then in 8, he changes, and because he's done that, then he's encouraging others around him to put their trust in God. It starts with me putting my, placing my confidence in God and then encouraging others to do the same. Interesting that uh, in verse 9, men of low degree are vapor, men of high degree are lie. It's not as large as they seem. Altogether lighter than me. In repetition, in the Old Testament, in the in the Hebrew, there's no superlative, and so repeating is emphasizing. God has spoken once, twice I've heard. Power belongs to God. And to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, so power and mercy. What a combination. 
we all need. We're grateful that God is all powerful. We also need God's mercy. Desperately. <clears throat> Want to be turning to Isaiah 26 and just noting two verses that are very familiar. It's verses 3 and 4. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. It is possible to have peace in the middle of the storm. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Reminds me of the uh, hymn by Frances Haverdale, Like a River Glorious. She said, Stay upon Jehovah. Hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised perfect peace and rest. It's when I put my problems in God's hands that he puts his place in my heart. <clears throat> when I hang on to them, and I want to deal, insist on dealing with them myself, I'm confused. But when I can put those in God's hands, he puts his peace in my heart. That was a short stop, and I'm moving to Lamentations. <clears throat> Lamentations, the author is probably Jeremiah, one was the weeping prophet. Lamentations is written soon after Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed Jerusalem in 586 BC. And the book of Lamentations describes the funeral of the city, the city of Jerusalem. And in that, it, it's the city, its walls, the palace, the temple, everything's been destroyed. It's hard for, I was, I was thinking about that, trying to put myself in that situation. Imagine, what would that be like? Maybe for us here, the closest thing we can imagine is if, if uh, U.S. military is wiped out, D.C.'s level, our church building, the government's non-existent, our church house is burned, leveled. There's nothing left, really. And in the middle of all that devastation, Jeremiah has hope. Lamentations, reading verse from chapter 3, starting in verse 21, chapter 3. Everything's destroyed around him, and it was leveled because of because of Judah's sin. But this I recall to mind, verse 21, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we have not been, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and
and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So Jeremiah gives us the reasons for his hope. His, his mercies are, are new every morning. Were you surprised this morning when the sun came up? Of course not. It happens every morning. Even when it's cloudy, it comes up. It becomes daylight. It's very predictable. They tell us, when I check the, the weather channel, Every morning, look at the weather. They, they'll tell you on there what time the sun, sunrise is and what time sunset is and when the last light is. All these details. They can do that because God is faithful. God has he's put things into motion. The one who set the earth in motion and made night and day, months and seasons and years, that's the one we can place our confidence in. It's a reminder every single morning when the sun comes up that God is faithful. I can look to Him. Verse 25, I just want to make note of that. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. And ask you a question. If I don't seek God, do I really depend on Him? Have I placed my confidence in God if I don't seek Him? <clears throat> Maybe you could call seeking God a definition of depending on Him. No matter what happens, I turn my face toward God. Go after Him. Seek Him. A number of years ago, our female Jack Russell, Trixie, when she was a little puppy, and we lived in Marvin Lois's house on the corner of Carriage Ford Road. I had an invisible fence for to keep the dogs in, and while she was a puppy, a rabbit, she, by the way, Jack Russell's a bred for rabbit hunting, and a rabbit wandered inside her fence in the yard, and she I let her out of the house, not knowing it was there. Well, she discovered it immediately, and she was off like a shot. And I yelled to stop her because I saw the rabbit was headed for the woods. Well, the rabbit, of course, went right through the fence and didn't know it was there. And Trixie had the collar on, and she yipped when she hit the fence, but never broke stride. She kept right on going because she was real close behind that rabbit. Nothing was going to keep her. I went all through the woods, shouting her name, calling, calling, and I had really been working on her coming, and usually she did real good. Nothing. I went back in, got car keys, I drove out around down the road to the other side of the woods and drove in the neighbor's drive, and there she was, out in a field chasing a horse in circles. <laughs> I guess the rabbit escaped, and now she had another, another fun thing to chase. Well, I got out and said, Trixie, come right here. And she, she listened right away once she wasn't distracted. But the reason I'm telling you that story, I went after her. My point is, I went after her. Why? I wanted her. 
I want to trust you. And so I pursued her. I was seeking for her. And I want to seek for God. You know, God also seeks us. The love of God is never seen more clearly than on the cross. Where Jesus, the Almighty Son of God, gave his life for us sinful humans. He paid the price. God was so determined to give us the opportunity for a relationship. He wanted a relationship so much with us. So he would come and pay the price himself. Buy us back. Redeem us. Turning to Isaiah 53. Because I can't quite quote it. Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We like, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He carried our sins on the cross. But he also carried. Did you catch that he also carried our griefs, our sorrows? God cares about the things that we guess things that cause us sorrow, pain, grief. God seeks us, and we seek him. We'll turn very briefly to Job. In Job, in Job 22, chapter 2, Job has just lost everything that he owns, including his children, and now he's lost his health too. He's sitting in a pile of ashes, an ash heap, and scraping extremely painful blows. And chapter 2, verse 9, his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Job is a good reminder to me that not all of life is easy than what I would call good. God can use anything for good in a believer's life. But that doesn't mean it won't be beaten. And Job recognized, well, he, he said he should not, he, we're happy to accept good from God. So shall we not accept adversity? to be willing to accept whatever God allows. The circumstances of my life 
Whether things are going well or not, do not change the character of God. God is worthy of my confidence, no matter what I am experiencing at the moment. When something bad happens, who knows how God may be using that in my life, or in someone else's, or both. I can't see it. I hope that someday we get to sit with God and look back at our lives. I, mean, I would like to think that he'll show us how he was at work. <laughs> Behind the scenes, the things we heard mentioned this morning, just things he was doing that we weren't even aware of. I would like to, I would like to uh, see that. Because I think we would be amazed at what God was doing when things were really bad to us. Psalm 145 and verse 9. Verse I was thinking about recently. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his work. Not going to read more than that. And this morning, the Lord is good to all, his tender mercies are over all his work. Another verse talking about God being good is. Chapter 1 and verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. You know, I work for a lot of elderly people, and they often say things to me like, getting old is tough, or getting old isn't for sissies. I hear that pretty regularly. And I don't deny there are a lot of losses with aging. But the positive side of growing older is that we've, we've had more time to develop what my dad called a, a personal library of evidence, where we can look back and say, see what God did in our lives in the past. We have a personal library of evidence, and it gives us confidence for the future, for what's unknown. <clears throat> That's one of the benefits of growing older. You know, we recently studied Mark chapter 9 in Sunday school, and in Mark chapter 9, a father brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus and says, have compassion on us, help us. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And what did Jesus do? He didn't criticize him. For his faith wavering. No. Jesus healed his son. He understands what I believe, and yet I waver. I want to turn to one more scripture in Habakkuk. Turning to chapter 3. Here again is a, a situation where everything, everything around him seemed to be going wrong. And he's lost my place here. 
chapter 3, and I'm starting in, in verse 16. When I heard, my body trembled, my lips quivered, that the voice rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled in myself, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his trees. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. Yet, verse 18, I will rejoice in the Lord. In spite of everything around him, failing, going wrong, his resources were drying up. Yet he was going to rejoice. I don't know what you're facing this morning. Well, I rejoice in God even if my crops fail. Or if my income disappears. Or if the savings account is wiped out? Or what if my dreams are shattered? Or I have longings that are not fulfilled? Or things that are happening that make no sense to me? What if my health is snatched away? What if every day I face pain? Or if the future looks uncertain? Or if the way that I've seen God working in the past comes to an end, things change. When I don't understand what God is doing, will I rejoice in God if a relationship is painful? Or if things don't turn out the way I thought they should? Will I rejoice in the Lord even if you fell in is that for you? One of my favorite songs written by Dallas Holm in, a, in the middle of intense personal suffering. His wife was going through chemo treatment for cancer. And everything appeared to be going wrong for him. In the middle of that, he wrote a song entitled, I Have Hope. This is what he says in the chorus. I have joy in the time of sorrow. I have peace in the raging storm. I have faith that Jesus holds tomorrow. I have hope. I'm resting in his arms. I ended this morning with Psalm 62. We're back to Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Would you stand, please? We're going to pause for just a moment. Just have a moment of silence. Allow me to talk.